This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
a good tune is that it i think so whoops it was like a scottish guy and then he went to america and he he started that he was like a secret singer and all the, they went on all the blogs and stuff it's like a new record by american wrestlers but it's a scottish guy and then everybody was like oh who is it and then it was nobody cared when they found out but it was cool when nobody knew it was a good selection mate it's Thank called you. i can do no wrong uh-huh I've never heard of American wrestlers before. The last couple of weeks we've been doing, last week was Cindy Lopper's Girls oh, Just Want to yes, Have Fun. Yes, man. Yes. I'm fearless, mate. <laughs> <laughs> she's cool. Yeah, oh, she's amazing. Yeah. Also into wrestling, you you ironically look like a kind of wrestler. A really? Bit, with a hat. With a hat. Aye. Yeah. Can I say something? What? Spike Doug Dudley. Spike Dudley? Yeah. I loved him, man. He was great. He was yeah. uh, Little Spike Dudley, his original character, because he was on LSD all the time. He had like the wee acid, uh, like, you know, acid wash type of t-shirt. He had yeah. That, and he was just like freaking out all the time. And somebody <laughs> would throw him through a table and he'd be like, fine. Aye. Because <laughs> he was tripping. He seemed like he never had any bones. <laughs> <laughs> no matter <laughs> like Brock, I, I just remember I've not watched wrestling in years, but I remember watching Brock Lesnar just leather fuck at him. Yeah, yeah. Like, how's he? How does he keep getting up? The worst thing that's happened was he got these two French boys in, Rene Dupree and Sylvain Grognier, mm. and uh, they were called La Resistance, and then they were like a French tag team right after 9 11. So everybody hated French people in America because they didn't join the war. And then they couldn't really wrestle yet, but Spike Dudley was like, oh, let's do something fun. So they picked him up and gave him a double choke slam over the top rope on a table. But because they were shite, like his legs clipped the top rope and his head just completely missed the table, smacked off side of the ring and he was out for like a month because <laughs> these two French boys just <laughs> fucked it. <laughs> then I think Sylvain Grony would come up in the podcast, but there you go. There we go, mate. We're winging it. New Spike Dudley's just like a Janny in a school somewhere. Like, is, yeah. this part, is this part of the podcast? Aye. Oh, shit. I've not been switching the camera. That's cool. Are we still recording? Aye. Don't worry about switching the camera. Are you all right with that? What we just spoke about yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about Sylvain Grony's we're, opinion about me. <laughs> we're living in the trenches in this podcast, mate. <laughs> Hello. I'm trying to make it as natural as possible, uh -huh. so... Hello everyone and welcome back to Straight White Whale. My name's Darren Connell and this is episode 74. Today in the studio we have a very funny stand-up comedian and 
one of my bestest friends ever. That was a wee kiss for you as a friend to a friend. I caught it. Yeah. Put it on your face. <laughs> I hope I don't catch COVID. I remember the first time I seen you, Darren. Yeah. At the on Sucky Hill Street at Cocktail and Burgers, which is a bar that only lasted like nine months, I think. <laughs> And they had a night called Comedy and Burgers. I don't think you were allowed any cocktails. <laughs> and uh, it was me, you, John Gavin, Chris Conroy. Oh, wow. That is a blast for the past. Yeah, a, a real Glasgow lineup, man. Yeah. And then you were on last, and people were like, sticking out and see Darren. I was like, oh, okay. And I was just tears running down my face. Man, I'd, never, I'd never seen you before. And I was like, who's this guy, man? And then you were doing the mermaid stuff. And I, you'd very rarely cry laughing at comedy when you do comedy. Because, like, you know all the tricks, but you weren't doing any tricks. You were just screaming. <laughs> As a mermaid. Help me! It was just, it was, I, I, yeah. And then I went to see the Black Friars Glasgow Comedy Festival 2016, 17. Yeah. And you were just, oh. Just I remember tremendous. you being there, mate. Yeah. It was With like the... me, Stevie, and Mark, and Roscoe, I think, came yeah. down. It was beautiful. Stephen Buchanan, uh, Mark Jennings. Yeah, man. And Roscoe, also a funny comedian. That meant a lot. I was buzzing that you were there that night, by the way. I think I've told you that before. Oh, yeah? Because you were, like, up and coming and the new guys. <laughs> and I was like, ah, fucking yes, man. It means a lot when people come to see It you. did mean a lot, mate, genuinely. I felt like... Hmm. Who did I feel like? I'm not bigging myself up, by the way, but I felt like Bret Hart. <laughs> and I was looking out in the crowd and I was like, ah, there's a British bulldog, man. There's Edge. There's, there's <laughs> own heart, man. <laughs> I edge, edge, <laughs> fucking yes. My like, dad trained him in the dungeon, man. He's got like the Heart Foundation color scheme and everything going on in the background. Who would that make Stu? Who's your Stu Hart then? Who who broke you into the business if we were your underlings? Who made me funny? Or like who I, who was in the dungeon with you and you? Who were, who were you the edge to? I would say an alcoholic family. Uh-huh. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened to Bret Hart as well. Because they were like, oh, my, 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 my dad would just take us down to the basement and break our arms. And it really made us who we were. And you're like, I think your dad had a drinking problem. Man. Yeah. Like, lots of family deaths, uncles dying and stuff. Thickened my skin. It explains the screaming, mate. Yeah, yeah, big time. One thing that blew me away, I've got a list of things that we're going to talk about, but we're just going to make it as natural as possible. But one thing that blew me away, mate, was a couple of weeks ago, you posted that you were going for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, wow, man. I never yeah. realised it was 10 years. I've been going ages, man. I guess because I've got a wee baby face. Yeah. People just think I'm a, a fresh... Some people come up to me after a gig and they go, how long have you been going? And I'm like, 10 years. And they go, Okay. <laughs> Like they thought if I'd been going like six months, they'd be like, that's really impressive. But then they're like, no, nah, you're actually as good as you should be. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been doing it 10 years, you should be all right, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. No, but um, I think you're just plodding along in the industry and you don't really pay attention. And when I seen 10 years, I was like, fucking hell. Yeah. You're not a baby anymore, mate. No, uh, no. You could it... be a veteran, perhaps. <laughs> I'm the new veteran. <laughs> you're like Edge, they do. Yeah. A 50-year-old man whose shoulders don't work. <laughs> he's not getting his long hair anymore. I think he's great back. I think he's great. No, he's, he's got it short and his, his wife's got crazy hair. She's she's making up for it. His wife's coming. Yeah. Um. What, can I ask what age you are? I'm going to be 30 in like two weeks. Three weeks. So you're 29? 29, yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. I'm scared. I've got really... I'm wearing my hat. No, I'm not wearing my hat to cover up my grey hair. 
I'm just wearing my hat because I've got a new hat and I want to show it off. Yeah. Um, but I've got really I've got a big silver streak in my hair. But I think it just like I just think about George Lamb. Remember him? Who's that again? He was like T four guy on the radio and he was on Pop World and stuff and he had aye, like, aye. had the shot he had like a quiff, but he had a nice grey streak and it was just like good. A very specific reference there. <laughs> You don't know George Lat, he's got a, he had a really nice streak of grey. Uh, he's quite a handsome dude, wasn't he? That's the thing. Yeah. He can get away with it because <laughs> he's a good looking boy, whereas I'm a wee goblin. So he's done all the guy at Gavin and Stacey. Larry Lamb. Right. He's yeah, a real nepple yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh he's wow. a sheer nepple baby. Secret potty show for sure. Yeah. Do you know he was uh who was her name? Fucking Lily Allen's manager. Mm-hmm. Lily Allen was doing Ekkies and Ibiza and he discovered the singing in a bar and went, I'm going to make you a star. Who? George Lamb. George Lamb? Yeah. I don't know what he was doing in Ibiza. Doing da- she's well. another Nepo baby. Huge Nepo baby, man. Aye, man. It's disgusting. Who's her dad again? Uh, fat Les. Fat. Is it Fat Les? <laughs> he was in a thing called Fat Les. I don't think his no, name was that... Fat Les. Um, oh, what's his name? You'll know him. Fucking Vendaloo. Like that. Fucking Peter Keith shit. Allen. Keith Allen. That's yeah. it. Aye. Yeah, big time. Speaking of lamb, <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Lamb Solutions Limited. Oh, yeah. My mate Michael Burns, <laughs> who went to my school, who back in the day, you're talking about Ekkies and Ibiza and all that. We used to take Ekkies. You, like, Lily Allen, and this guy? Michael Burns. Michael Burns. For Lamb Solutions for Limited. Lamb Solutions. Like, outward box and fields full of Ekkies and Bishop Briggs. Uh-huh. Literally, cr- like, tripping it were not crawling through mud <laughs> like we were in a trench in world war at 15 yeah thinking what the fuck is my life gonna end up like yeah and then it ended up like him sponsoring my podcast <laughs> <laughs> so he's a tradesman chris that's nice <laughs> and see i don't know do you live in a house i do live in a house well yeah. i live in a flat that a man owns and i give him money every month dirty slumlord bastard down there yes well, if he ever needs any work done, Michael Burns can fit his kitchen. <laughs> I'll speak to my landlord. Aye. He usually pays a wee sleepy guy to come along and look at my fucked up broken furniture and goes, it's fine knowing to it, and then just leaves without doing it. And, can cool. I check your monoxide alarm? I think I'd never have my, had monoxide in my house, mate, because I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> my lungs are a monoxide alarm. <laughs> Imagine if that's why your hair was going grey. Would it surprise me, mate? I wasn't teasing you there, by the way. I think your hair's nice. Thank you very I'm much. I'm just trying to latch onto a joke. You can tease me if you want. I was telling you the other night we were outside that pub about the boys in Perth, weren't I? Mm-hmm. I was in Perth doing a wee gig. I'd never been in Perth on a Saturday night. And I was walking down the street and these boys came along and one of them went, fucking hell, that's the speckiest cunt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was telling you that story. And then a wee guy with glasses walked past as I was saying that part of the story and he turned around as if to go, fucking shut up, you. And I was like, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to me <laughs> as boys. And he didn't understand what I meant by that. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny as fuck, Paul. <laughs> I, I was literally, the guy looked terrified. It was quite sad, but it was funny. And then he was like, I, I'm spanky. I'm spanky, but... <laughs> he kind of kind of nodded like uh-huh. I know I can see <laughs> I can fucking see that <laughs> and then he ran past on the way back as well he was running about when he came back he literally ran past he didn't want to get it like he was scared of four weird looking comedians 
going to make him laugh to death. That's one thing I like about traveling about in like a car with comedians is you get to a service station and people just look at your crew and go, how do you know each other? It's uh, like a 60 year old man, an 18 year old girl, <laughs> some kind of looks like a college professor. Just look like a cult. Yeah. About. Probably as a college professor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like... Why do they know each other? Why are they all talking to each other and getting back in a car? And... I love the things like, see, when you randomly bump into a comedian for the first time in years, mm -hmm. and it's like, how you doing? Are you all right, Davey? I had a full nervous breakdown, <laughs> lost my flat, 20 grand in debt. But do you know what? I'm gigging at the fucking pizza hut next week. <laughs> <laughs> you get a free pizza and it's 50 quid to close it. Well, you need to pay them 50 quid, but you get a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not doing a gig of pizza, they're just stoning up and doing their set and pizza. Still shouting at people in pizza? Aye, aye, aye. I might move to uh, DiMaggio's though, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the circuit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's really died in the scene, have they? Of, like, mortality death? Or, like, mm -hmm. it's been a few dead cunts. Really? Yeah. I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> do you remember that guy that died but one or two usually they had pretty horrific health problems and this was like a bucket list thing oh no way and then they would die of the thing they thought they were going to die of yeah i think was the i'll just get flashbacks there aye aye do you want to nice. finish a sad read aye yeah michael burns lamb solutions limited <laughs> saved the day there by the way <laughs> getting really horrific flashbacks uh comedians kids at gigs crying as we're doing fundraisers for the front no michael burns for lamb solutions <laughs> <laughs> michael burns lamb solutions limited he's a jack of all trades right he does like gutter work fits <laughs> kitchens and all that yeah do you know what he's getting work for this podcast in what sense like cunts are phoning him and saying mate i'll listen to oh, straight yeah, white yeah, whale yeah. can i get my kitchen fitted mm -hmm. So if you need any work done, then the number will pop up on the screen and phone Michael and he will turn up at your house. He'll give you a discount and he'll sort you out. Wow. I would love a kitchen. Aye. Well then. I'm jealous of his life, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Trady life. He's got a wife. He's got three kids. He's got a house. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? He's got that sponsor podcast money. Aye. Sometimes you talk to him and all that and you're like... He's like, mate, I need to go in my bed. It's half nine. And I'm like, you go to your bed at half nine? What's that like? I went to my bed at four last night in the morning. Oh, really? Stop watching wrestling and then I, I ate yum yums. I got these yum yums from Marks and Spencer's at the train station that was like, they're called yum nuggets. And then mm. there's a wee chocolate dip. Um, and I ate them at about two in the morning. And then I made pita breads for the main event last night. So I just, no way I could eat anything, just too many pitas. And I just heat them up for about four minutes. You sprinkle water on them to make it kind of condensation-y. And then put them in the oven. 180 degrees. Not quite 200. 180. Mm. Can we clip that for? <laughs> I was just about to say that, do you know what? We need more voices like that because we've got too many cunts that are pure. I get up at five. And then see when everybody's getting up at eight, I've already done everything. That I'm actually having day. two days before you even woke up. Uh -huh. I'm having three days a week. We need the opposite <laughs> voice of that. We need the counter of that. That's like, I bet, see when you go to your bed at nine, I'm sitting up to four. I'm eating I'm... many pitas. 
when you're just having deep REM sleep, right? Uh, I'm yeah. fucking having dry like, Indian bread. Like I'm I'm eating carbs. <laughs> I'm eating carbs at 4 a.m. I'm having yum yums and pita bread at two in the morning. <laughs> like, I'm dipping pita and chocolate dip. Like, at three in the morning, I'm going for a scalding hot shower. Like fuck your cold shower. Like, I'm sitting in a warm bath at fucking three in the morning eating yum yums. I am the least grain set. Grain set. Mindset. The grind set. Uh, <laughs> I don't do the grind set at all. I'm just. Are you telling me it's pita, just warm pita? There's just, nothing else? Well, it had like coriander and garlic kind of rub, mm. but that was in the packet already. I didn't add that. Right. I was just like, do you know what? I'll go to bed in two, three hours. I'm watching wrestling. The yum yums didn't fill me up. Let's just have too many pita breads. And I did. And it was class. Great main event. What was it you were watching? AEW Dynamite on a Wednesday night. I watch it illegally. Because um, I think they shot on ITV2 like two days later. But I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. So it was a good main event. Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo, the new Mexican superstar. Do you know I like that about you, mate? You're like unapologetically obsessed with wrestling. <laughs> and I've never spoke to you about wrestling. Really? So like sometimes when I go through your social media, uh-huh. I'll just see you like it's mostly in a hotel room with a pizza watching <laughs> wrestling. And I'm like, ah, fucking good on you. I, I just, um, I, find, I think people find it quite tiresome after the ninth wrestling conversation of the day with me. But I'm just obsessed with it. It's the prism through which I understand reality. We can talk about wrestling as well, Paul. We can get into that further. There's also another sponsor of the podcast, Cerebus, the monstrous watchdog of hell. Yeah, the three-headed dog that guards the underworld. The gates of hell. Yeah. So it's Lamb Solutions Limited and then Cerebus. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting. CMB, listen to me. I sold my soul to the devil Mm -hmm. for a kind of lukewarm shitty podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do I regret it 74 episodes in? I'm like the ghost guy. You know the ghost faith. Ghost? Basically ghost. <laughs> you know the film ghost? Do you know the ghost for ghost? He's friends with the alien for alien. <laughs> no Patrick Swayze, yeah. the, the actual goblin cunt on the train. That's me. Cerebus. <laughs> How much you get for Cerebus a week, man? That, that guy's got coins. Because every dead cunt in Greek underworld has two coins on his eyes. We get nothing. <laughs> as each week passes he takes 30 minutes off my sleep cycle <laughs> <laughs> i think i'd rather have the 50 quid to pizza <laughs> aye so do that was the first time that we gigs with each other um i've got a couple of gig horror stories but what is, I know you'll probably get asked this on podcasts all the time. I'm not going to be pure. You know how you get the usual shit? Like, do you know Kevin Bridges? Like, you're really similar to Billy Conley. And you're like, I've never heard that before in my life. Why are you saying that to me? Um, what's your worst gig? And it doesn't, I don't mean like if you were shite. Uh-huh. I'm just talking about the situation. The I. Like the absolute most mental fucking gig that you've ever had in your life when you've walked out and you've been like, I'm taking that to the grave, man. Um, it's just after the pandemic and I was taking everything because I was in debt because I'd run out of money. And I was like, I don't care what gig it is, I'm doing it. And I was in Birmingham 
and I was I had my train booked the next day to come home and my agent phoned me up or just after I came off stage and he went do you want a gig in Leicester tomorrow and I was like no really and he was like good fee I was like talk to me what is it my opening for somebody he went sort of and I went what, what is it and he was like you're going to be opening but you're going to be opening for the film The Joker um, in an outdoor cinema in a park in Leicester in like autumn and I was like alright cool so I get there I get to Leicester and it's pissing down and I need to borrow an umbrella off the lassie at the front desk reception with the handles shaped like a duck <laughs> and I walk down through a really dodgy bit of Leicester to this park and then as I'm walking down thunder and lightning starts and it's like an outdoor gig when I'm opening for the Joker. So they're not really there to see comedy, they're there to see a film about a comedian who goes mental and kills cunts. And then I say to the guy, I'm like, so how long am I doing? Like 20 minutes? He goes, no, 45 minutes. So I'm doing a 45 minute set that I've no, I'm no done more than 20 in a year and a half because of the pandemic. 45 minute set, outdoors, in the pouring rain. There's no cover for the crowd. So they're just like in bean bags and like camping chairs or the limbs are pulled inside their jackets <laughs> like that so they're just like heads and they're just looking at me <laughs> and i'm underneath a big screen 45 minutes set and i just with thunder lightning i kept saying to the, the producers before it, i was like what about like this what if i get hit by lightning <laughs> <laughs> which isn't really a problem you think you'd have with a comedy guy you don't really think you're going to get struck by lightning at all <laughs> but then the cat the guy kept going well here's how you measure how far away lightning is you hear the thunder no, you see the flash? Yeah. And then you go one, two, three, and then you hear the thunder, and then that means that it's three miles away. So he kept doing that, but he kept going pure fast. He was like, one, two, three, four, oh, that's five miles away. And I was like, that was, I saw it. I saw I hit a tree over there. He was like, we got to do it. We got to do it. I was like, all right, man. So I did it. And I thought I did all right. <laughs> Considering yeah. how shite it, like, everything, like, you didn't have a roof. Or like an audience wanted to see comedy. <laughs> I've not heard that before. We didn't have a roof. <laughs> and it was, I was just so scared. I, I just kept thinking the lightning's going to strike my microphone and I'm going to blow up, which isn't really the mood you want to be in. And then after it, this posh couple came up to me and they were like, I was leaving. I didn't want to see the joke. I just wanted to go to a hotel room and like dry off. <laughs> and this couple came up to me and went, my God, I don't know how you did that. You just kept going oh. they were giving you nothing and you just kept going i'm really impressed and i was like oh did you like it and they're like no but the fact that you just <laughs> kept going was just stunning fuck man that was that was only like two years ago <laughs> <laughs> you see you've went from spike dudley to <laughs> vietnam vet <laughs> <laughs> trauma flashback to Leicester. Yeah. no that, that was really bad man because i just i was scared that i was going to die for the whole time <laughs> no and like oh somebody will beat me up if i say the wrong thing just like god throwing lightning at me and i just thought it's gonna hit the stage and then the stage is gonna blow up or the microphone's gonna blow up and i it wouldn't you know my face will be scarred for the rest of my life i'll be like the two-face which who isn't in that one but yeah, yeah. like that to your agent after that i it was a good gig <laughs> another thing was the reason i got the gig was because a guy was supposed to do saturday and sunday but because it was in a park, 
there was just wee guys in the park. It wasn't raining that day. So there's like loads of teenagers and the stage was right next to the fence that he didn't have to pay to get in. So he was on stage doing stand up to his people and he was doing all right. He was opening up for Finding Nemo, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then people started shouting homophobic abuse at him because he has quite a, a camp voice. Oh. And he said he was going to, you know, I can, do you know how in a comedy club somebody calls you, are you gay or something? You can go, oh, come here and I'll shag you or something. In a park, you can't really shout that at people. So, we guys. Yeah, so he was like, I don't want to do it. Get to Chris. <sighs> that is horrific, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you want it to be, you want a shite gig story to be fun, but that one was just genuinely. I love the kind of, what I enjoy about that is like, obviously I don't want you to do poorly, right? Uh -huh. But what I find really good about that is the fact that you're, you're thinking about the rain <laughs> and the thunder Near roof. Uh, That's just fucking wild, mate. That is wild. And then the Joker. I went the to the Joker, cinema yeah. see, to see that seven times. Imagine you went one time, right? And it was raining on you. And then a comedian that you don't know from a country that you're not from, that you never heard of, done 45 minutes of stand-up before it. Aye. How would you feel? Well, I would be sitting there and I'd be like, is this part of the, the, <laughs> the Joker? Is this part of the joke? <laughs> is this like a, a live version? But Aye. Are they doing a bit on us? I'm like, right, so the Joker's a mentally ill comedian, uh -huh. and there's a guy that's mentally ill and he's doing stand-up, is this, like, what Did you this? relate to the Joker in that film? Aye. I did. That's why I went to see it seven times. Mm -hmm. I mean, a mentally ill stand-up comedian that still lived with his ma. Mm -hmm. There you go. Do you know if the bit that got me? Was the bit at the start when he's in the street and he's spinning the sign and the boys attack him, because that happened to me. Oh. When I used to dress up in mascot costumes, I used to dress up as a big piece of macaroni and like stand outside Queen Street and like go, well, buy, buy macaroni. I'd, I'd have to dance. But this wee boy came up to me and started like, like hitting the costume. And I was like, hey, can he hit Mr. Macaroni? And he didn't listen to him. And then... He reached up inside my costume, started to slap my face, <laughs> like my actual face. Like, I, don't mind. <laughs> I was expecting that to go a different angle there. <laughs> grab my cock. No. <laughs> he didn't grab my cock. He just grabbed my face, started to slap my face, man. It was horrendous. Oh, man. So I really, when he got beat up, I was like, oh, at least you know, dress like a piece of macaroni when you're getting beat up. Yeah. Arguably, I think my life's worse than his. You've earned your stripes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Fucking hell. What were you going to say there, If Paul? you were going to open for a movie, what would it be? Oh, good. Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> would you paint yourself black and white, but then have like a red microphone? That's a wee, <laughs> <laughs> a wee lovely reference. That's, um, that's hard. I mean, with, with those situations, I don't think you're going to win. So Never open for a film. Yeah. Yeah. Some people with children animals are open for a, a film. One of the ones. When I go to see the film, I'm pissed off when the adverts are on. Never mind. A guy doing 45 minutes is 45 minutes is a long amount of time to do stand up as yeah. well. And I've done every minute of it, man. It's too long. Way too long. It's too long. That's a solo show. That is, I did a solo show to the park. Were you like referencing like um, the thunder when you said a joke? You're like, oh god, didn't you like that <laughs> when the thunder was going up? I think I was just like, god, that one was close, and everybody <laughs> would look up and go, yeah, we should be here. Did you see the video of the cruise ship? 
Last week, uh, they were in the Thunder and Lightning Storm and their hair all started to stone up. And they, were all, they were all outside, bloody pure. Oh, look at this. And it's like, get the fuck inside, man. He's all fucking floating about in a big fucking steel ship. You're in the only piece of metal for miles. Aye. <laughs> And they're fucking stoning it like, oh, static electricity's making their hair stone up. It's like, what are you fucking doing? You're a bullseye. Uh-huh. She's a tech, right? I've got, I've got some horror stories. I've got some horrible fucking stories, but what's what? I won't name the comedian, right? I got hired to go to a working men's club. Oh, yes. And I turned up and they were like, are you the sound guy? And I was like, no, I'm here to video the comedian. They're like, oh, they told, they told us that you were going to be the sound guy. And I was like, okay, right, well, what's, what, what sound system have you got? And they're like, have you not got a sound system? So we ended up running the comedians through a DJ. Like, so they had a, after the comedians, they had this guy in a Bergos playing, like, happy hardcore tunes. And he brought, like, a portable DJ set, which was, like, one PA speaker and a bunch of, like, fucking fluorescent lights. And we had to run the comedians through that. So instead of being on the stage, they were because the caught the cable that they had was like three feet. Mm -hmm. They were stood in the corner next to the DJ booth in the pitch black, no stage lighting, no fuck all. And I had to try and video this shit. Oh, I so mean, you would one. want it unrecorded. I get deleted. Yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got paid, but was it Roscoe? No. Okay, because Roscoe done a gig and I worked with the club during the fringe one time, and he was all fringe dressed out, but then he got this you know, a weekend, uh, not a corporate, but just like a private show for like electricians and like muscle bra or something. And it was raining and he had to like drive through like a flooded embankment to get to the gig. And then when he got there, the only microphone they had was like a karaoke microphone. Oh man. But it was attached to a karaoke machine and like it kept turning off and on. But every time it turned on again, it would go, who loves karaoke? <laughs> he's trying to stand up about his grand and all that. <laughs> a funeral it's like yeah, my granddad who loves karaoke <laughs> and then on the way back out he had to like just walk through the he had to baptize himself in the puddle oh, to escape poor Roscoe man yeah it's great stuff I've done stand up in a, a Masonic is it called a Masonic Masonic or Orange Orange Lodge uh huh I've done a stand-up gig there before. Tabolton Masonic Hall. Was that it? The one in Ayrshire? Tabolton? Do, uh, I, am the, do I remember the Black Power Fist for Tabolton Masonic Hall? <laughs> my fellow brother. Um, <laughs> no, it was in Falkirk somewhere. Oh, yeah. And there was a wee open spot promoter that was running it, and it was years ago, and it was the same situation. We turned up, and it's like, who's headlining? And like, we've not got a headliner. And he's like, can you go up? And I was like, mate, I've only done like 20 gigs. He's like, can you go up and I'll pay you an extra tenner? I was like, aye. <laughs> I was like, how long do you want me a day? And he said, 30 minutes. I was like, 30 minutes seems a bit long, mate. I've never done that before. And then I went up and I just knew it was going to be shite. Like, before I even got to the stage, I think my surname had something to do with it as well. Connor. I was mm. like, mate, don't say Connor. Like, just say Maguire or something. Aye. Like, don't say my name's Connor. Welcome to the stage, Darren. Right into my eyes. Cono! <laughs> and um, I was getting some homophobic slurs that night. Yeah. And the, it wasn't going well because you could buy a bottle of vodka for a tenner. Every single table was just getting vodka. So all these mad 60-year-old guy white bigots were just like, do you fucking love Bobby, aye? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it does. I mean, add to- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The way I grew up, I didn't really have any kind of frame of reference. Because my mum and dad on the internet and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my granny and my granda, one of them was a Catholic, one of them was a Protestant. And the family kind of like disowned them a wee bit. So we just never had any of that in my life. So then going out to stand up, I, th- I would find myself at gigs like that. I remember one time, I think it was Pat Rowling booked me for like, what's the opposite of Masonic <laughs> Like a Knights of Columbus Club yes, or something? Yes, that's it's like a Catholic. The Catholic Masons. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> the Catholic Masons. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know any of the like things you're not supposed to say. Like I only found out about like 1690 when I watched Trainspotting 2. Like, yeah. I didn't know any of that type of stuff. And then I, I went up to test the microphone in the Columbus Club and I just tapped on it and went, hello, hello. And the whole place started booing me. I was like, come on, you fuck. That's poor. Because I've said hello, hello. Either the Catholic Masons, they, if you're ever at a Catholic no, you might see them helping the priest. Mm. It would just be guys with like white love zone and stuff. You'll mm-hmm. be like, they're the Catholic Masons. <laughs> I think my uncle was one. But I times have changed. Remember back in the day, it'd be like that. Tam get fucking murdered with a shovel for eating a, ge- a green jelly baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that's away. Yeah. I think some people still do it, but um, I think it's so daft. Aye. Have you got any questions, Paul? What have we got in the sheet? Just get the usual stuff. I'd like to talk about wrestling as well. By the way, what's the best wrestling match you've ever seen? So I used to lo- I used to love wrestling back in the day, mm-hmm. and the Heart Foundation was my favourite. And then they've I think they've had a curse. They've been cursed. Yeah. Well, they've all died essentially, except yep. Brett, who got kicked in the head by Goldberg, and now his brain doesn't work. Yeah, and he's no happy about it. Yes, anytime I see a TikTok, I'm like, come on, take fuck Brett, let it go. I would say <laughs> the best one that I ever seen was British Bulldog against Own Heart. Oh, yeah. And it was for the European title, mm. and it was in Germany. Oh, and I loved How the build-up on a video or something. I'm sure I seen a VHS. I think so. I, yeah. but I remember watching it. And it. He was the first European champion. Who was European? Yeah, and but no, the he? first ever. Yeah, I. But what? But was a European? Depends mm. how you voted in the Brexit. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I remember. Finding out that Roddy Piper wasn't Scottish and I was fucking heartbroken, man. I've he's got a story Canadian, about him. Yeah. So is the British Bulldog. No, he's for fucking Blackburn or something. He's for like he's the Canadian. North England. No, no. no. He's, he's, he's part of the Hart family. 
He married, didn't you? Uh, right. Yeah, Davy Boy Smith. Him and the Dynamite Kid, they were like two Northern English boys. And I'm then... pals with fucking Davy Boy's daughter. Oh, yeah? Online. <laughs> she <laughs> messaged me during lockdown. She was like, uh, Georgia Smith. Uh-huh. She, she messaged me during lockdown and she's like, I need advice. To, I need advice to try and get an agent. And I was like, well, I'm with such and such. Uh-huh. And I emailed my agent, like, do you remember the British Bulldog? <laughs> <laughs> remember the guy with the braids Aye. and his torso looked like he was exploding I was like ah, his daughter's looking for an agent and she's good at voiceover working on it I just wanted to pump her to be honest <laughs> I was like do you fucking what, sort her out what was the dog called? Matilda oh here well remembered <laughs> <laughs> I was into the uh, Silver Vision VHS's that you're talking about yes because you would get exclusives like that like you know when are you going to see a German fucking house show match between I, I seen I had one called Mayhem in Manchester mm. which was at the Manchester ME something MEN arena and it was it was class my dad took me down to Birmingham to see the wrestling when I was about 13 and Owen Hart it's when British Bulldog was injured mm-hmm. uh, Owen Hart was in a tag team with Jeff Jarrett mm-hmm. and they were fighting Road Dog, I think, and Billy Cunn. Yeah, they were doing all the roadie stuff, uh, kind of country music type shit. And they lost, own heart get beat. And mate, I was sobbing yeah. in the crowd, and yeah. they were the baddies. Mm-hmm. And people were just like looking at me, like, why is he crying? And I was like, Owen, no! <laughs> <laughs> the, the Prince of Hearts. <laughs> I was devastated. I seen that at a show at the Hydro there a couple of years ago. Just on the day, I was like, Oh, they're doing a house show, a SmackDown house show. Let's go see it. And it was Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Just like, I mean, WrestleMania, I mean, event level match. And the wee guy, but, and, and Charlotte was the good guy, but everybody hated her. And Becky was the bad guy, but everybody loved her, right? And this wee guy behind us didn't know who he was supposed to like the bad guy in this scenario. Yeah. So he was, I was like, you know, thousands of people there. And this wee guy is going, Charlotte, Charlotte. And like all these old sweaty BO guys and we freaks like me are going, Charlotte sucks, Charlotte sucks. <laughs> and then he was like, Mommy, why does everybody hate Charlotte? I like Charlotte. <laughs> and then he had to get like taken out. Oh. It was great. It's, like, it's what you want for wrestling, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like you want to see wee boys crying. You made people's nights that night, I think, when you yeah. were crying about Owen Hart. Pure pantomime. And see, see when Owen Hart died, okay. I remember I was in school. That See, when I came back from school, uh-huh. I genuinely, this is real, right? <laughs> I walked in and my mum was like, ah, uh, sit down. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she's like, ah, sit down. I've got really sat down and i sat down and she was like our own heart died last night and i was like what and she's like there was an accident and he died and honest to god mate mama broke the news to me like it was a family member mm-hmm. and i was fucking crushed man yeah, yeah like completely devastated and then see when the bulldog died i just done that i'm fucking done with this i'm fucking <laughs> done with this man i stopped watching wrestling mate it happened to me with chris benoit i stopped after that because you know, when Eddie Guerrero died, I was crying. And it was like, fair enough. He was a great guy to an extent. Yeah. But then when Chris Benoit died, I mean, I was like sad. Because I was up, I stayed up to watch it when none of the wrestlers knew what he'd done yet. And they're all on TV going, somebody had told them halfway through it. And you can see some of his pals going, listen, stuff will come out. Let's just remember, great wrestler, good dad. 
<laughs> and then you know the news came out but i was crying when i found out and then i was and that just kind of put me off wrestling for i think it put a lot of people off wrestling the chris benoit stuff it was like well this feels weird now didn't it yeah it's like if i had a group of pals and then one of your pals for school uh you know killed himself and killed his wife and his son you'd probably stop hanging out with the rest of your pals three but <laughs> is that a relatable metaphor <laughs> kind of <laughs> but it's like imagine being like Doink the clown or something, <laughs> like twenty four hours after that happened, and you're like, need to get on with the show, man. <laughs> Wrestling's so fucked, by the way, man. It's like, insane. what the fuck is going on there? Yeah. The sad thing nobody talks about with Eddie Guerrero death is that Chavo Guerrero. If you watch the Eddie Guerrero tribute, Chavo is nephew, boss slash brother. He has no that he's both, but he's just like a brother, and he is actually his nephew. Not like a bad incest Joe Mexican thing. He had like bleached blonde hair, and that's because he was doing a character at the time called Kerwin White. So he was Chavo, but he was like pretending he was a white guy who was ashamed of being Mexican. I remember that. It was mental. Dolph Ziggler was his caddy, very briefly. Yeah. He was like a big golfer. And then it's like, well, you can't be him anymore because your best friend's died. So. Fucking hell, man. I love. The thing I like about wrestling is like when real life touches the fake life and you're like i don't know how much of this is real obviously most of it's fake but like sometimes you something you're like did he really punch him in the head there like a good one brock lesnar versus braun Strowman, and braun Strowman elbows a wee bit too much and brock just gives him a full frontal you see the cunt's brain shake in his head like he goes and he's like slow down just jabs him in the head it's phenomenal fuck taking a punch off of him man yeah jesus christ I like when you said that there, when real life touches fake life. I've got a funny story about Roddy Piper. Let's hear it. Remember Paddy's Market? <laughs> I used to go there all the time, right? I used to get a stall. We was fucking selling socks. Two for a socks. My mom used to take me there to buy wrestling figures mm. and books and stuff. And when I was a wee guy, she bought me this wrestling WWF book. And genuinely, I swear in my mother's life, right? I don't know if the book was fake. I don't know. But it gives you a list of all the wrestlers, where they come from and where they're born mm-hmm. and city they mm-hmm. come from. And Roddy Piper was there, right? And it says Glasgow, town, Springburn, right? And that's, I don't know if it's a fake memory, right? But I'm sure <laughs> I remember it, mate, right? Yeah. And it's stuck in my brain for years. And I was out with my pal one day for a pint and we were talking shit. And I was like, mate, I had a book that says he was for Springburn. <laughs> he fucking tweeted him, right? Like, all right, mate, do you come for Springburn? Something along the lines. And he actually answered. And he's like, no, I've never heard of Springburn before. <laughs> <laughs> but this book. But I was totally crushed. I was yeah. like, my entire childhood, I was like, do you think he stays up Bogry Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Bogry Hill Flats, man. <laughs> She's like, no, he'll be in the big cousins. Aye. It's not a council house. No a council house. <laughs> he bought his mom's council house during the, it's the, right the Thatcher era. It was the right to buy. It was the right to buy, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what he did. Yeah. Did you ever go to Paddy's Market? You could literally buy false teeth. I went to the Barras a couple of times. I, mean, I was more a Forge Market type of guy, I think. Yeah. You know, you could get some nice wrestling figures there. Benson's Pantry. Yeah. Steak and, uh, great steak gravy and chips. My pal worked in the, oh, bo- in fuck the butchers there just now. Can I get a plug to my pal's butchers? Yes. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Conor McDonald, and he sells meat in the Forge Market, and he's UK. Hey, does, is that his butchers? 
his dad's. What age is he? 30, 29. Connor McDonald, that name's ring a bit, rings a bell. Does he come for Springburn? No, he's for the Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the Forge Market and the shops mixed up there. Benson's Pantries and the shops. Inside the Forge, mm-hmm. in that wee horrible zone. Uh-huh. The, the Twilight Zone. Terrifying. The it was like the Savoy in town where it's like, here's a karate shop. Exactly, I was like, ah, I get my tongue pierced in there. Your tongue pierced? Uh-huh. What, what age? Uh, 18. I think I called Kenny. He'd a tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> and then shops in the fold. Is that Kenny the Goff that used uh-huh. to go? Oh. I know him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How great must it be to be like such a Goff that people call you? Like if you were Darren the Goff. <laughs> Kenny the Goff. Chrissy the Goff. That'd be great. Boy the boy the Goff. I had a life changing event in the Forge Markets. <laughs> She, Please share. See how, I don't know if the camera can see it, but see how that pinky's like normal. Yeah. That pinky's like hunchback pinky. Oh, aye. Yeah. My, I can make it straight, but then it just pops right back out. And it's because when I was a wee guy, uh, it was my cousin Daniel's uh, birthday. Mm-hmm. It was like seventh birthday. So I would, maybe, I would have been like six or something. And we were all in the forge. Do you know how they had the, like the soft play up the escalators and then there was like a birthday shop? We were at the bottom of the escalator and then everybody was like touching, do you know the brush? Do you know where the handle of the escalator goes down and then there's like a brushy bit and there's like loads of gears and like cogs? I stuck my hand through the brush into the cogs and my pinky got chewed up in the machinery um, and they had to pull me out. Like two firemen had to come over and like grab my legs and like pull me out oh, by the legs. Whoa. <laughs> and, then I went, and then my fingers were like fucked forever. Were you pure screaming? Yeah, I was screaming like a fucking demon then. Just, Darren, are you familiar with the Forge? Yeah, I'd, I've got. Might not be funny, but well, uh, sorry, is that where that happened? The yeah, Forge, forge. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forge. Escalators terrify me. They're scary, man. Aye, uh, man, they're dodgy as fuck. But um, you could have got a claim in there. I had an ex, <laughs> and I'm always for one of the islands up the Western Isles, mm-hmm. and she used to. When she came down, she would purposefully go to the forge on like a Tuesday at 10 a.m. So that it would just make her feel great about her life. Wow. Just watching the clientele mm-hmm. wander into the forge like a fucking zombie movie. It's Friday. I've been to the cinema in the forge a few times and it's like walking into the 60s. So sometimes I've went in with a date or a pal or whatever and it's literally just being us mm-hmm. in the cinema. And it's like... It's class. Back in the day, they had a fountain. So you like the bit... With your with the cost of coffee, I don't, mm. I've not been in fourteen years, but that bit at the bottom of the escalators, they had a fountain down there, and this will be your twenty nine. I'm thirty nine, so I was a wee boy, so it was way before you were born, and somebody escaped from Parkhead Hospital and had a bath in the fountain. <laughs> Try to recreate the Friends intro. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's just them and their imaginary friends. It's like Chandler. Guns in the Forge are like Chandler. Like, what are you talking about? That's great. I I like the Forge. The the cinema was always pretty terrifying. The floor was pure sticky in the Mm. audience down there. Um, I had a nice electronics boutique. I was like the statue of the fucking Ford guy. Like, yeah. Like sports division, hammer. sports connection, electronics boutique at the, the second half, which mm-hmm. was the, the better half of the Forge. Yeah. D2. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember D2? What was the name of that? But I was it like Echo? Echo or something? 
and it was like a brick. Mark Echo Bell USA. Yeah, and it had the bear on it. I always loved the bear. Man. I had a Bell USA tracksuit, man, that I go to a D2 in the Forge. Yeah. My, my memories, one of the other memories I've got to the Forge is my mum used to get the Provy, like save up every year, and then at Christmas she'd be like, here's a hundred pound of Provy checks, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you could go down the Forge, like high street vouchers, and I would just like, it would be like the greatest day of the year, just walking through the Forge and buying, like getting a trackie, a football yeah. tap, a football like, Yes, man. It's like supermarket sweep, <laughs> but you don't need to speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in the McDonald's at the Folds for three years. Oh, yeah, when I was at uni. Interesting. That must have been different. I loved the Forged McDonald's, but you know, all the McDonald's before they'd done them up and made them McCaffey's. Now they look kind of like Starbucksy and European, but mind when it was just like beige plastic. Like all the booths were just pure hard beige. Mm-hmm. Great times. And you well, could get a birthday party. We, yeah. uh, I was going to say, do you remember the kids section? It was like mushrooms, plastic mushrooms that you were sitting on. One night we were doing a, so the place used to shut at 11 and then the drive through would shut at 2. So that we would close off like the seating area and people would start cleaning that and you'd be working in the kitchen. And one time somebody put on Limp Biscuit chocolate starfish <laughs> and a porno. Remember the like, TV screen that show a cartoon? Well, that was a VHS in the back office. So this guy that was running the place, we emptied the, the show and he put on Chocolate Starfish. Remember the first track on Chocolate Starfish? He tries to say fuck. Uh-huh. If I say fuck two more times, it's 43 fucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this fucking song's blaring and he's got a hardcore porno on the screen and we walked out and there's a Dan son sitting there eating their fucking McDonald's. Yeah. They did it all for the new came in, you know? <laughs> and hot dog flavoured water. <laughs> you a big Limp Bizkit fan back in the day? Ah, uh, yes, I did, mate. See, yeah. when I used to do training in the gym and stuff, it <laughs> was good for the treadmill. Yeah. Um, I, I had a soft spot for Limp Bizkit. Talk about the he said, she said bullshit. Yeah, yeah the new album's all right. He's went into directing. Have you seen one of his films? He's a film director? Yes. Huh. He's got a film out called Fanatic, mate. Mm. I don't good. know if you smoke the devil's lettuce, but... I don't feel the need to. I feel like I'm already pretty. Whenever I have it, it just sends me too far. Well, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't smoke it and watch this film, right? Because uh-huh. Fred Durst is the director. Do you know the wee guy that was in Casper? The ghost? The wee kid oh. actor across for Casper? He was in Stan, the Eminem video with uh-huh. the blonde hair. Yeah. He's in it, right? So right. he's like this celebrity, washed up celebrity with an attitude problem. Oh. And John Travolta is in it, right? And he's a fanatic. He's this obsessed fan that's obsessed with the guy in the Stan Travolta's video. Travolta's the fan? Yep. But he is... I don't want to be offensive. <laughs> he's went full... Do you know what I mean? Method. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's that called? What's that film called? I am Never Sam. Go Full. Oh yeah, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Right. He's went he's, full ghetto. He's went full blown. No, no ghetto. No, I know that. No, the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I am Sam. Stella. Does it in it? The he? R word. Mm-hmm. So. Ah, right, okay. Right, aye. Right, never go full. Yes. He's went full blown 110%. <laughs> And it is fucking amazing. He's got this wee mushroom bowl cut and stuff, and he's like, I just want you to sign my autograph. And I'm like, that's John Travolta. <laughs> it's fucking amazing, by the way. I loved it. I love Travolta, man. I, think, I don't care what he's doing when he's getting massaged, man. I think he's cool. I think he's all right. 
I'd give him a honey. Oh. Do you honestly with the stuff he's like? I would let, I would let John Travolta give me a wink if he wanted to, just Does, out of like respect. Have you ever seen that uh, clip of him forgetting <laughs> Adele? What's her name? He goes, uh, Adina, the, Adina Denzel or uh-huh. Menzel. He goes, she's like, well, please welcome to the stage the wickedly talented Nadel Jajim. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what's beautiful about that? You can see this, the, the actual millisecond where he realizes he doesn't know her mm. name because he says the wickedly talented and then you see his wickedly face like change. And he's yeah. like, oh my God. But do you know what, man? I'm, he fronted that. He styled it out. He fucking. You wonder. He styled it out. I done that at Red Raw recently. I was supposed to bring a guy on stage and I just forgot. And I just went, I'm going to go find out. And I just like, I think that's what Travolta should have done. I'm taking my wink back. I wouldn't let him jack me off anymore. He should have went off stage and went, what's her name again? All right, okay, I'll say it. Kiara, I respect you for taking that back. There's a certain level. <laughs> <laughs> It takes a lot, man. A certain, you know what? Fair play. There's a certain level of celebrity that you would just let them give you a wank. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, 100%. John Travolta. He's take, I'd take the back. Michael done, J. Fox. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. That would be good, though. <laughs> I feel like that kind of thing. I done Red Raw recently. I compared it. And it was a quiet night. It was really quiet. It wasn't full. And it was just awkward, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I introduced the first act. And um, he opened with something. I don't know who the guy is. He's a new guy. But he opened with, what a fucking terrible introduction. <laughs> Seriously? Aye. And wow. then he, he done all right. He was uh-huh. doing good. But see, because he had it in his head that it was a shite intro. Mm-hmm. It, it was, aye. And then after it, he was like, totally like that in the green room. Fucking, fucking prick. <laughs> And I'm just stunning there like that. Oh, this is no my first barbecue. You can't. <laughs> Do you want to go? And also you carry a hammer everywhere you go. Aye, it's down there actually. No, I gave it through the back. I moved up. So it was intimidating people. Really? Aye. Well, how would you feel if you walked in today at a, a meeting about starting a podcast and the cunt was sitting with a hammer on his desk? It would reassure me. I'd go, Do you know what? Somebody comes in here upset about something I've said. Paul's here. Yeah. And he's packing <laughs> I kept it beside my, I bought it during lockdown night. I went through this mad <laughs> phase. Uh-huh. I get really fit, like mental fit. Yeah. And I was going to start the cold water therapy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried to buy an ice bath and I, and then I seen a, a hammer wet mm. to break the ice and the ice bath didn't come. So the, the hammer just came. <laughs> that's, that's the mental health. <laughs> I kept therapy. it beside my bed during the entire lockdown and i got to the point i was like i want somebody to break into my house 100 percent. there's no point learning how to fight like i had a pal who went to like karate class like jeet kune do with yeah, carruthers in town who's like a fucking i think that's his name tommy He's, carruthers yeah guy's absolutely fucking off he's nut man he knows how to punch oh mate i and, and he will punch you if you yeah. go to his class yeah. as well <laughs> he does full full-blown demonstrations yeah yeah my part one of my a boy i went to school with he went to his classes and obviously in martial arts classes they're like you know the best way of winning a fight is not to have a fight don't fight but he was like i wanted i've been paying a tenner a week i wanted i want my money's worth <laughs> <laughs> so he went into school and he started to fight with a wee guy down at farm foods um but in the class they i mean that's felt 
you know, that style of fighting is for like somebody comes up to you in a bar and then it's like, oh, it's close, you know, close the distance or something. But it, it doesn't teach you how to fight if it's like, let's get a pure ring of people, two people are far apart, let's go. It's mm-hmm. like a pure setup fight. That's no way that he teaches you how to do. Somebody threw a bin at him while he was like fighting and that really threw him off. He wasn't expecting that. He wasn't that. expecting the bin. No, no holds barred match. No holds barred. <laughs> Tommy hadn't covered the bin. He went in the bin class in the hand. We do about an hour, don't we? Aye. And that's about an hour. We're coming up on the hour. Yes. Um, We've not spoke about the podcast yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. You need to come we're, on my podcast, man. We're going to talk about your podcast. We're going to talk about any shows that you're going to do. Mm. I just realised as well, you've got a fucked pinky. That one. Oh, you got for pinky as well? Yeah. For pinky pills? Pinky twins. What's that? What do you mean, what's that? What's happened to your pinky? my finger. Uh-huh. It's very hurtful. No, I'll explain my humpback pinky. You can talk about your Port Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> it's a birthmark. All right, it's nice. When I was born, the angels came down <laughs> <laughs> and painted my finger with a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. So see when I die and go to heaven... And I'm waiting in the queue to get into heaven. The angels know that I'm special. That's the Catholic Masons, by the way. <laughs> That's the shit they teach you. Do you hear a gross story? I'll about pull that birthmark? Aye. I was in school when I was like 10. And I didn't have the best personal hygiene as a child. Because children do stink a lot. Yeah. And this last in my class called Ashley. She came up to me. She just looked at my head and she went, You got like a birthmark on your scalp? And I was like, I don't know. I asked my mum and I went home and I was like, have I got a birthmark in my scalp? And she's like, no, I just haven't washed her hair in like three months. <gasps> it was gross. I wish I could go back and wash myself. I wish I could wash you. That was an idea for a play I had. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time I had the idea for a play where like, I'm your wee brother, but you're my older brother who has problems. And like, I just wash you on stage. I just want you in a big wooden tub. <laughs> <laughs> with like a washcloth and I want to lift your armpit arm up and wash your armpit like that and you're just I'm just telling you what I want to do like what's going on with my life and like she's fucking left me and I need to wash your wee pits and you're like yes please you know that could be a player buying a paint yeah I'll speak to the own more because I feel like when I do wear black glasses we do look like a horrifying before and after picture <laughs> Who's before and who's after? Uh, I'm the fucked version. Oh, okay. Because so it depends on what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you said that. With a two-man play, basically, he just washes me in a bath. Yeah. Very mice of men-like. Perhaps. You were saying it was like, uh, what's the thing where he's like, I've got you here. Dead, oh, dead man's shoes. Dead man's yeah. shoes. Yeah. And the twist is that I'm dead or something. <laughs> or you're dead and I'm just washing... I don't know what I'm washing. You're washing yourself? Yeah, that in the script. I'm a, just washing my... Yeah. A, a version of yourself? Yeah. Right there, you can't. Just washing my memories, mate. Right yeah. Out of that scene. Mm. It's very, very good. That guy's a boxer, by the way. What guy? The baddie. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Is that why he's got a face like a milky dwelly? Aye, basically. Don't tag him in the clip. Um, <laughs> but no, man, I've met a couple of cunts like that in East End. That are just that it's like a cold confidence. Do you know what I mean? And they're just like they're looking at you, but they're not looking at you. They're looking through you. And you're mm-hmm. just like, he's gonna kill me. I feel like he's gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. He's willing to die. Yeah, fucking. 
people don't talk about the the East End hard man's neurodiversity, you know? <laughs> people are like, oh, he doesn't even make eye contact with you. He's really hard. And you're like, I think it's something else. That he's not making eye contact with people. Uh, <laughs> horrifying autism. <Yeah>. Untreated. <laughs> Untreated and unnoticed because everybody's like, he's just so hard. He's got very specialist topics. <laughs> Heroin and violence. <laughs> Hammers. Yeah. <laughs> He sleeps with a hammer next to his bed, praying for a break-in. <laughs> that must be like the American, see when they get their first gun. Mm-hmm. That must be where they're like, oh, I'm fucking choking to shoot some cunt, man. I hope some cunt breaks out of my house. 100%. It was defo carry vibes, by the way. I was starting to like talk to it and kiss it. Mm-hmm. Started bringing it out on stage. It was to, like, the stand that night when we done Dan Connell and Funny Bunch. Oh, no way. You were there for that one? Yeah, it was the, great. Bringing it out, part yeah. of my set, and I was like, I need to give this away. It's actually like fucking Lord of the Rings. I was like, my precious. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the stage, my hammer. <laughs> to silence. Will we wrap and talk about the podcast for Patreon or um, Chris wants to stick about? Well, let Chris punt his podcast for the listeners. And if you've got any gigs coming up and stuff. Oh, yeah, sure. So... And then we'll wrap, and if you want, we can do some Patreon. Yeah, just Patreon stuff after, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I asked you before it, but you'd start for doing my podcast. Of course. I'm coming through. What album giant you would do? What's that? What album giant you would do? Every week we listen to an album and then talk about it. What would your album be? Would we f- listen to the full album? You need to listen to the whole thing, like, five times. We don't listen to it together. Mm-hmm. You just listen to it in your house or on a walk and stuff, and then we do research, and then um, we talk about it. Do you know, it would have to be something my earliest kind of buys. That's what we're looking for. Maybe that I, it's not got a lot, like I don't love it, but it's mm-hmm. like it's in my mind. value. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What was your first record? My first single was Corner Shop. <laughs> Brim- 50 Cent? No, no. Brimful <laughs> of Asher. Lollipop with 50 Cent. Fucking hell, man. Brimful of Asher. My first album, I remember my mate burning a CD for me, and it was maybe Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Are you experienced? Yes. What was the one you bought? First one you went and bought? First album. Mm-hmm. And the HMV. Missing. In the false market. <laughs> Aye. Do you know... Do you know, it might be Limp Biscuit, mate. Wow. Significant other? Uh, can't Ch- remember. Chocolate Starfish? Chocolate starfish. Do you want to come on and talk about chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water on, on my podcast? Maybe. I went to America when I was 18 as well and I, I bought a lot of albums. Yeah. So maybe I could just talk about Limp Biscuit. That's quite yes. funny. That'd be phenomenal. I listen to that. Chocolate flavor. Loads of lore around Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Limp Biscuit lore. Yeah. Goffs love fucking Moshas love uh, lore. Moshas love lore. So you do a podcast with Liam Withnail? Liam Withnail. Good pal. What's it called for my punters? Enjoy an album. Uh, check it out. What we done? Who we had on? Had Marilyn on there. And um, Amy Matthews. Stevie B. Steve Buchanan came mm-hmm. on it. No, it's been really fun. I should, I just very, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you on. That'll be good. I'll come up with you on the train, mate. Yeah. Um, Liam Withnail is a shit-hot stand-up comedian, by the way. One of the funniest cunts in Scotland, even though he's English, but he is a very, 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 very funny comedian. It is funny how cunts think he's posh because he's English and he's like, no, I'm from Diagonal. I'm from like 
the fucking Essex equivalent of shells. <laughs> I <laughs> just Aye. But everybody's like, Ice Franklin, mate, he's got fucking money coming out of his ass. Aye, like, oi, oi. <laughs> I remember these boys hanging out, these trousers once at a gig. What? Like, I'll tell you. We'll save up for Patreon, my way. Aye, Back one gig, if I can plug, I'm filming a comedy special on the 7th of May. So if anybody in Edinburgh or you want to come through on the train for let's go and see that, that would be phenomenal. Doing a best of. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I've been going 10 years and I'm like, let's film my best stuff and stick it out. What what venue? Monkey Barrel. Awesome. Monkey Barrel Comedy on a Sunday night. Um, I'm choking for it. Anyway. Come on to fuck, guys. I was. CMB Danny's Best Of at the Monkey Barrel, one of the best comedy clubs in Scotland, in Britain, actually, that supports stand-up comedians on a Sunday night. Get to see us, cunt. Come on. <laughs> I'll be there at all. Fuck it. You want to go, Paul? Aye, fuck it. Why not? Please no. do. Please do. Then we're an American guy. He's filming his and I'm filming mine. Yes. Um, I'm choking. Is this the first time you've broke the news? I think maybe I mentioned. I probably actually, I yeah. feel privileged that you said that on podcast. Podcast exclusive. Yes. <laughs> right, so you've got your special coming up. You've got a podcast with Liam with now. And if... We have got some fanatic fans, John Travolta like. Um <laughs> I don't which, want to work. <laughs> we'll your honeys, mate. The wickedly talented Christopher <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the patron. Oh yeah. You get a honey. I'm happy. In horrible, awkward silence. <laughs> so if somebody wants to get you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? You can get me on Twitter at MacArthur Boyd. You can get me on Instagram at MacArthur.boyd. Because mm-hmm. my dad's took MacArthur Boyd for his hairdressing business and he won't give me it, even though I've said that Brandon is important for being a comedian. Your dad's a bastard. <laughs> yes. What's your dad's name? You don't want to get Just give away his Instagram handles. So Bastard sorry. MacArthur Boyd. Bastard <laughs> <Dom> <laughs> MacArthur Dom Boyd. Bastard Barbers. Right, so that's us. We're going to wrap up, mate. Sick. Thanks for having me, Dad, no worries, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. You are a good friend, mate. Yeah. You're very funny, <laughs> and you're also got that likability, which is a rare combination in, in comedy, Scottish yeah. comedy. <laughs> no, I can't say that. Or comedy in general. Yeah, but mostly Scottish comedy. Yeah. Aye, it's a fucking bonfire, a fucking rat bastard. Just freak after freak. Aye. And const- the occasional sound cunt. Aye. For every sound cunt, there's just a hundred freaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Paul thank you very much for your help mate for people listening to the podcast please chuck us a a 5 star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts if you need your kitchen done Michael Burns Lamb Solutions Limited thank you very much to Cerebus the monstrous watchdog of hell see you next week (laughs) that's my Cerebus impression Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.